0: What is going on? It is the Ethos Clippers podcast coming at you on a Sunday evening, and boy, do we have a special one for you tonight, but before we introduce who the guest is on this podcast, I need to get something out of the way, and of course, that is the sales pitch, Sports Ethos, the Brewski 150 it's finally out. Yes, it is. And there are some crazy deals going on right now. Bundle savings, monthly rate, whether you want the Sports Ethos 360, which is the 1999 premium one, regularly 26 bucks, gets the Fancy Pass, the DFS Pass, the Wager Pass, all in one. That had the earliest access to the Brewski 150. Then there's the Sports Ethos NBA Fantasy Pass, which is $5.99 every month. That includes the NBA Draft Guide, Guide NBA In-Season Premium Items, and early access to the Brewski 150. There's the Sports Ethos DFS Pass, which is $4.99. The Wager Pass, $14.99. The All Fantasy Bundle is $8.99. It's all on our website, sportsethos.com. Do not waste any more time. The Brewski 150 is out. Your drafts are happening. You want to win your league. Aaron Brewski's the guy that helps you find the hidden gems like Terry Rozier, Tyrese Halliburton. He is a monster and just so damn good at what he does. So do not waste any time now. Go to SportsEthos.com and get yourself a bundle and the Brewski 150. Now, without further ado, I would like to call this tryouts. All right. This is what it's going to be. You've heard my voice on this podcast for a couple of years now, and you hear me with guests every once in a while. Um, By every once in a while, I mean almost every single podcast, whether it's the likes of Law Murray of The Athletic, whether it's some scribes from the LA Times, like my friend Andrew Greif, or Brian Seaman, Noah Eagle, you hear lots of people that are affiliated to the Clippers, but you don't hear many fans' point of views, and so... We're going to try and do something here where I'm going to try and have a co-host for this podcast. And how it's going to work really is to be determined. But this is the tryout for my friend Matt Mattawarren, who is a longtime Clippers fan, way back to when they used to play next to the Coliseum in the sports arena I welcome, Matt, to the Ethos Clippers podcast. You used to hear him way back when, when HoopBall was at its mere beginnings, and now he is back in the fold. Long-time listener to HoopBall, Sports Ethos, long-time reader, and now he joins me on the Sports Ethos Cl- Clippers podcast. Matt, what is up?
1: Brandon, Brandon, what, what an intro. I've heard... Um I heard around the way that you are indeed the best in the business, and I have to say it's true. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, The tryouts consider me maybe the Moses Brown of the pod. I I love it. I'm so thrilled to be here, and uh, just talk clips, talk
0: hoops. Sweet. I like that comparison. Now, here's the funny thing, because you and I can dish fantasy as well, because you're a big fantasy guy as well, right? The huge fantasy guide. The brew one hundred
1: and fifty has uh, netted me a few placards on my uh, on my leagues trophy. So,
0: and me as well. Me as well. No doubt about that. I've won a few leagues thanks to that brew one hundred and fifty, and it just gets the job done. Aaron Brewski is the man. Now, when we bring up Moses Brown, I mean, there are some people who are Clippers fans that probably have never heard of Moses Brown unless you followed him in college, which is very possible at nearby Westwood at UCLA. But after he left college, he was not really in the fold anywhere. Then I believe he went and we saw him at Cleveland. We saw him in Dallas. And he's a guy that we usually see in silly season where he can take over as the starting center. When a couple of guys go down and all of a sudden you see a double double with four or five blocks and Hey, all of a sudden he could help you win a fantasy matchup. So we know what he's been giving on the fantasy side and he goes and we might as well start with him and he makes his debut with the Clippers in that game, against the Israeli team and he plays 25 minutes and he has 14 points and 13 rebounds with two block shots. Now that actually sounds pretty familiar to what we're used to seeing with Moses when he's gotten playing time, your thoughts on Brown in his first game and whether you think he, he's a guy that the Clippers need and what he can bring to the team. Um, I do
1: remember Moses Brown from primarily from fantasy days i know i, I know i picked him up one time and he turned around and gave me a 20 rebound game mm-hmm. so i am uh, there's a soft spot in my heart for the young man um i love him you're right 25 minutes 13 boards two blocks he was a plus 23 um in his 25 minutes and you know i think I, th- I think I think he could work very well with the team. He's fast. He can run the floor. They, they I think they have him listed at seven two. I th- I clock him at about eight one. Um, he's humongous, mm-hmm. and and we need a backup big. Quite honestly, I know I know I know Covington and maybe senior will play center when we roll out our small ball lineups. But Moses Brown could be could could be a guy. And you know, um, Zoo got dinged up in Euro League a little bit, but it's just nice to have a little insurance policy and. He's he's all upside. I really don't see the, I really don't see any downside to having uh, Mr. Brown on the roster.
0: The one thing about Moses Brown, he's not a great free throw shooter. Um, so that is no. certainly one thing to make sure that you get out of the way to know that this is very much um, similar to a DeAndre Jordan situation, where the guy's just not a great free throw shooter. Um, and the one thing is that you look and you take a step back and you wonder, Matt, if Zoo were to get hurt. Would you be comfortable with him playing a decent amount of minutes? And that's the one thing that I'm unsure about because you say, hey, the Clippers need a backup big. But the question is, if Zoo were to get hurt, I feel like Ty Lue's hand would be forced and he would need to go small because you can't, I don't think, trust Moses Brown quite yet to play more than 20 minutes in a given game. Agree? Um, I, I actually I, I wholeheartedly
1: agree. Um I just I just look at who else is out there. I mean, are we gonna do the Boogie Cousins game again? I don't even know if he has a contract right now. Mm-hmm. Do we like uh do we exhume Lamarcus Aldridge and put him in the into the fold? So if if there is going to be a backup big, and I totally get your point about is Brown ready to play big minutes, maybe not. I just don't think it's a bad guy to have on the roster, but I do agree with you the free throw shooting
0: and sorry, I guess the inexperience uh is a problem yeah and, and listen he's raw and the one thing that we know about this Clippers team is that they've been very good at developing young talent I mean you don't have to look very far to see what they have done with guys up and down the roster whether it's Terrence Mann it's Amir Coffey you look at guys who have had a renaissance with the Clippers a guy like Nicholas Batum and the Clippers development staff is outstanding so we very well could see Moses Brown play a significant role for the Clippers at one point. But I do want to temper some expectations here from this ball game because I've seen Clippers Twitter go a little bit crazy when it comes to certain guys, Moses Brown being one of them, and then Amir Coffey as well. And we are not very far removed from being at a point in the season where Amir Coffey was going crazy and people were saying he needs to be part of the eight-man rotation in the playoffs and putting him over Terrence Mann. The closer and closer we got to playoff time, and once we got to the postseason, people realized that, hey, maybe Amir Coffey's not ready for this. Terrence Mann is a guy that has experienced it, and he's the one that needs to play more. So people were putting Mann behind Coffey, then quickly realized that Mann is the guy ahead of Coffey. So uh, I think we can get excited When certain players that we want to perform do well, you can even throw a Brandon Boston Jr. in there as well. But Mm -hmm. um, you look at Moses Brown, and you certainly need to temper your expectations. He is a guy that can certainly play minutes, especially when you're blowing out a team or you're getting blown out. not expecting very many of those this season. And and can be your number 13 guy um, on your game day roster because you can have a guy that's going to be a DNP CD. I mean, you come know deep. This team is, there's not going to be a ton of those, um, depending on what Ty Lue decides to do in the regular season. And Brown's a good spot to, I mean, if zoo were to get in foul trouble, Brown can give you a couple minutes. And I think that's what Ty Lue's going to look to do. Um, I
1: agree. And, and let that be a, uh, a word of wisdom to our, our lovely listeners that I did actually compare myself or make the comparison out of the Moses Brown, of this podcast so just temper expectations everyone i'm gonna try i'm gonna work really hard
0: but we'll see what happens but when you get that playing time you you shine and so that's what you're doing right here you it's your first game with your new team and moses brown got a double double with two blocks and so far you're starting off well and we're gonna see how you close 25 minutes is pretty good that's how long this podcast is going to be about that so we'll see if you can stick around and, and keep the momentum going all right matt We'll do. All right. We'll do. So we talked about Moses Brown, and uh, I think there's a pretty good foundation set in terms of what we expect from him. His numbers were solid. I mentioned Amir Coffey, and I want to talk about him, and I want to group him in with Luke Kennard, because I've been saying on this podcast that I am okay getting rid of Luke Kennard. He's got a p- contract that's pretty friendly now, which is crazy to say based on what we saw initially when he was signed and how he was performing. But that $16 million type is a good tradable number uh, when you want to acquire a bigger player. When you have a couple of those $16 million contracts, you can bring back a significant player back. And Kennard is an incredible three-point shooter. There's no doubt there's going to be a spot for that at some point during the regular season. No doubt about that either. My issue that I spoke about on this podcast is that when you get to the postseason, And I really think that's what this is all about in the long run, Matt, is you're looking at the postseason. Is he a guy that's going to be in your eight to nine man rotation? And the way this team is currently constructed, the answer is no, in my opinion. So that's why I believe he's a tradable asset. Now, that being said, during the regular season, I think he can be extremely valuable because I think you can go 11 or 12 deep and there are games where you can let him cook against certain teams that he doesn't need to do as much defensively. And frankly, we don't see as much defense in the regular season anyways. And you can see what he did against a team like the Atlanta Hawks during that comeback. And you saw what he did in that game against uh, uh, Ron. I'm, I can't pronounce the last first name, but it's McAbee. I'm Jewish and I can't pronounce the first name. Uh, but <laughs> that, it, that makes two of us. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so he's four or five from downtown, which is obviously very good. He's there's nothing in the book about him being a bad three-point shooter. He's an incredible three-point shooter. We know that. It's written. It's just about what can the Clippers do with him. 16 points, 5 of 7 from the field, 4 of 5 from downtown. And he was good. And then you look at Coffee, and he is another player that showed a lot, especially in the defensive end as well, with three steals in that game on Friday, 11 points, five rebounds. He can do a lot on the floor. He is someone that can handle the ball, he can rebound. He certainly bulked up. I mean, that is one thing we noticed, that these Clippers were in the weight room during the offseason. Again, another player that can have a role on this team, but not someone I see in that postseason rotation. Curious to get your thoughts on those guys, Kennard and Coffee. that'll probably see themselves as number 11 and number 12 in the Clippers rotation.
1: I, I love the Nardog um, I love coffee. I, I hope everyone knows this is not a slight against left-handed players. They just both happen to be. Um, but I definitely see your point with uh, Luke as a uh, as a very very valuable trade chip. Um, just because you're right in the playoffs, there's no way he's going to hang defensively, um, especially as what we hope happens as we get further and further and further towards June. I just I just don't think he can be he can be out there unless it is in a situation where we just need to start firing and come back which hopefully that's not going to be the case so i do believe that the regular season could be sort of showcase time for luke he'll get you know his his normal allotment of minutes if not more just to show off what he can do as a serious weapon a serious great shooter like you said that's written nobody can ever argue that But moving, moving the contract, moving the numbers, and just—I think it would be beneficial. Um, Coffee, um, as you alluded to before, has bulked up. He looks great. I'd have a tough time. I I don't really see the benefit in trading coffee unless it's maybe in a package, maybe with Luke, get some future picks back, that kind of stuff. But as far as a development, what we were talking about before, he seems like a guy that I wouldn't mind continuing uh, if the Clippers were to develop him further. Yeah, We'll see, see where it goes,
0: right? Exactly, and, and the one thing that we tend to do as fans when we watch our favorite team and players perform really well is we tend to overreact, and and that's what happened with Amir Coffee during the regular season last year. We've seen talent; I mean, there is no doubt there is talent there, but we need to realize, Matt, that in that game on Friday, there was no Paul George, no Kawhi Leonard. No Batum, no Powell, no Wall, no Reggie Jackson, no Zoo. I just rattled off seven players. Then you add in Covington, number eight. You add in Marcus Morris, number nine. Terrence Mann, number 10. Then you have Kennard and Coffee. And there are going to be games where Batum, Marcus Morris, they sit out. Kawhi sits out. PG sits out. And those guys get bumped up into the bench unit of the five-man bench unit. I mean, there's no doubt that's going to happen. So you're going to need the depth during this regular season. That is one thing that I think needs to be put out there, is that with this team, you're going to have a lot of guys that are going to rest. John Wall, most likely going to rest days. And of course, you got Kawhi and PG and Batum and Morris. So you're going to need that depth. You're going to need Amir Coffey. You're going to need Luke Kennard. But what I'm saying is once you get to the postseason, people need to understand that it's very likely we're not going to see those guys at all on the floor, unless you're in a game where you need a spark or you see a matchup that you can exploit, we're just not going to see those guys. So when people talk about a big trade, and that's been talked about throughout the entire offseason, I don't think the Clippers need to make a big trade because they've got their significant eight players right now. Plus, they've got a great group of four to five after that, if you include Moses Brown, that they're happy to go to and are going to thrive during the regular season. But everyone needs to, needs to pump the brakes. And I know you want to see certain guys get a lot of minutes, but this team is so deep that the guys that I listed that didn't play, they're going to get their minutes. And guys like Robert Covington, going to get his minutes. There's only so many minutes in a basketball Matt, basketball game, Matt, and you got to figure out who's going to play and when. And that's what Tyloo's biggest coaching job is going to be this season. And it's not easy to coach a team where you have 12 to 13 guys you want to play. And it's going to be interesting to see how he does it this year.
1: Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to see how he um, how he manages minutes, um, rest days you know rotations point guard rotations i know uh, is probably one of the biggest questions that we're going to have throughout the year you know be it reggie or be it john wall jason uh, preston uh impressed uh largely 10 assists uh on friday i mean he looked great so yeah it's a it's a good problem to have i just know that anytime anybody fires up a trade machine for the clippers the first name is either Luke or, for some reason, Senior.
0: Those yep. are the two guys, maybe because of their contracts, yep, but that's, that's exactly who gets thrown why. in. So. Yeah, that's exactly why. And you, you bring up Jason Preston, and that's more development. I mean, he had nine rebounds, ten assists. You look at what Diabate did in his first game, fourteen points, seven rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block. And these guys are not going to see many minutes. Brandon Boston Jr., not going to see minutes, most likely, with the Clippers the way cur- they're currently constructed. So these guys are going to have to go to the G League and, and impress. And the Clippers are going to have a really good G League team because they've got some major talent. When you look at Diabate, you look at Boston, you look at Preston, and we'll, we'll see what they do um, when it comes to injuries and who ends up getting minutes. But when you look at everybody being healthy, and God willing that stays the way the whole season, but we know there's going to be injuries at some point. You just hope there's not many of them. The Clippers are going to need to figure out who they want to play and when and that's what the whole entire regular season is going to be they're going to see how Amir Coffey's developed they're going to see where Canard fits in Tyloo's very good at figuring out rotations and so we'll see how it goes but I just want everybody to pump the brakes a little bit and that's kind of what I am trying to harp on this pod is that you can get carried away with one game and you can be impressed with Moses Brown. No doubt you can be impressed with Amir Coffey does and his skill set. But there are other players that are better than him that are going to play and that are making a lot more money that are going to play. Now, will John Wall perform? Who knows? And will Batum continue to thrive in a Clippers uniform? Who knows? Can Morris stay healthy? Who knows? But right now, that's what the conversation is. Is that these guys are simply just depth pieces, but that can change very easily. That can change, Matt, and we'll see what happens with the Clippers. Um, do you disagree with anything I said at all? No, it, I, I agree, and it's 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 an interesting
1: phenomenon, isn't it? It's coming from the fans' perspective that the fan favorites, you know, can be guys like Boston Coffee um even a moses brown it's it's we because we know what pg can do we know what Kawhi can do we know what all our guys can do but it's this tantalizing uh untapped upside that sort of just you know it gets everybody very excited and 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 you know well deserved we should be excited but you do bring up a great point to temper temper expectations for these guys because when it really comes down um to to go time it, it's going to be our guys it's going to be the uh the vets who, who are going to take us to where we want to go.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. Speaking of those vets, let's look ahead to tomorrow night. Um, I'm guessing this pod is going to be released tonight. We'll see what Dan is able to do when it comes to posting it. Um, but it'll be either tonight or it will be, you'll be listening to some Monday morning, most likely. So there will be a game on Monday night against Portland, another game in Seattle, which is very exciting for the city. Um, Sean Kemp, of shrimp. We're able to get out for that game on Friday. Uh, I'm curious your expectations for the game against Portland because we're going to see Kawhi Leonard and we're going to see Paul George. We're going to see John Wall. Um, We're going to see the rest of the guys that did not play. Obviously all eyes on Kawhi Leonard since he has not played in quite a long time and the Clippers give up a lot to get he and PG and we have not seen him and we have not seen Kawhi and PG on the floor together for a lot of time here. I'm very excited to see Kawhi Leonard and see what he looks like and how he's able to fit in with this Clippers team that they've gotten and improved since he's been hurt. I mean, they, he mentioned that during media day, they've gone, they've gotten Robert Covington, they've gone and, and they've gotten Norm Powell. They, they've they really improved their team, John Wall. So I think the two things I'm most looking forward to, and it might be pretty obvious is I'm looking forward to Kawhi Leonard and seeing how he looks and I'm looking forward to seeing how John Wall does. Um, I mentioned it on the last pod. His story is just incredible, the way he has battled back from depression to getting to a point now where he's happy playing basketball, and I just want him to thrive. So as a talking about fan fra- favorites, he certainly has the ability to become a fan favorite very quickly if he performs on the floor just because of his incredible um, comeback story. And listen, could be a comeback player of the year. So those are the two things I'm looking forward to. What about you? I I can't tell
1: you how much I appreciate uh, John Wall and even uh, Bob Covington, you know, just coming out and, and sharing their stories and what they've gone through and what they've experienced. It's amazing. Um, I can relate to a lot of it in certain ways, and uh, I'm sure a lot of other people can, so I'm very happy um, that that is the case. Tomorrow, to see the guys uh, come back onto the floor, like you mentioned, Kawhi, PG, and John Wall, all, everybody, I uh, I, over the years... Um, have accumulated quite a bit of Clippers attire, gear, all that stuff. I I may just wear all of it tomorrow. I'm that excited. I'm putting everything on. It, I don't care how hot it is here in LA. I'm I'm ready. I'm so excited just to, to see everybody back on the floor, to see a happy, um, hopeful Clippers team. Which I know everybody's happy and hopeful in the preseason, um, except maybe the Nets. I I'm very excited to see. Yes, Kawhi. I got I got to see John Wall. Just run a couple of plays here and i i'm just looking forward to re- real basketball honestly i i've you know i've i've been in this like nfl tennis golf hole for a while and just to see some just to see our guys back on the floor in uniform playing having fun especially up in seattle which is cool uh don't move there
0: i uh yeah i'm just ready for I'm ready for a game. Well, I can't wait. Shot at Seattle there. Um, yeah, listen, don't move there. As in, don't. The uh, don't, don't move, move there, there. there. Don't move the I team know. there. If, if anybody wants to move to Seattle, it's lovely. I, I love it up there. But by the way, if you want to check out Matt's garb, go and follow him on Twitter, Matt Mattawaran. It's M A T T M A T A W A R A N. And his profile picture, he's wearing some phenomenal Clipper stuff. So he he may be wearing that tomorrow. And that may be just part of what he puts on in his excitement for the game tomorrow night
1: oh i I'm, I'm yeah that's that may be the top layer, maybe the bottom layer I haven't decided yet. I've got my clipper shorts on as we speak I'm very excited to do this pod um and I have to say, great pronunciation pronunciation pronunciation, yeah see now I can't pronounce of, of my last name, it's a tough one,
0: I know. I, Hey, listen, when you're a broadcaster and you've been doing this for a while, you try and figure out the best way that you can pronounce someone's name, and I wrote it out, and I said it a couple times, and now we're good. So we're we're in good shape. You're doing a great job. I've got the name on lock. So we're in a good position right now. I said that you need to play 25 minutes, and so far we are at 24.50, and now we've already hit the 25-minute mark. So you did a phenomenal job there. So... There's not a whole lot to preview when it comes to tomorrow. I mean, it's just about your expectations, your excitement. We have no idea what this team's going to look like. I, I don't want to sit here and tell you what who's going to start, how many minutes everyone's going to play. My guess is it's probably 15 to 20 to 25 minutes, depending on who the guy is. You just want to see a guy and how this team fits You're not going to see a ton in terms of the chemistry that quickly. It's going to take a little bit of time for these guys to gel. Remember, Kawhi hasn't played for a while. I would not be surprised if he came out and he was 6 of 6 from the field. I also would not be surprised if he came out and he was 1 of 6 from the field. It's it's just a matter of him being on the floor. That really is all that matters in my eyes, Matt. Um, Yeah, it's, you know,
1: there's not much stock to put in to any, any type of result um, of tomorrow, except for the fact that our guys are back on the court again, together, um, like you said, growing that chemistry and just it's forward momentum, positive forward momentum. That's, that's what we're looking for out of tomorrow.
0: And that's what we're looking for with this podcast. We're looking for some positive forward momentum, the chemistry to build between the two of us, and we'll continue to thrive and build this Ethos Clippers podcast. And, and you can follow us on Twitter, Matt Mata, Mata Warren. almost messed that up. Okay. That's M-A-T-T-M-A-T-A-W-A-R-A-N on Twitter. He's got 44 followers right now. Please make that over 50 when this podcast is out and you're listening to it. At BD Marcus is my Twitter handle. So you can follow us there, of course. And then, of course, you can follow the Ethos Clippers podcast on Twitter. Always tweet out when the podcast comes out. It's at Ethos Clippers. Now, before we say so long... Matt, I want to talk about you, and I want to, I've want i discussed my fandom on this podcast before, and for those of you who have not heard it, I actually used to be a Lakers fan until about 2000 or so, um, and just to age myself, I was about 13 at the time, and I, I was more of a Shaq over Kobe guy, um, respected the hell out of Kobe, more of a Shaq over Kobe guy, and around that time, during that three-peat, I just seemed to enjoy the Quentin Richardson, Darius Miles, Elton Brand, Clippers more... And that's kind of when I went towards the Clippers. I'm curious when you started becoming a fan and what your fandom has been like.
1: Um, absolutely, and I, I have to thank you dearly for pointing out my
0: 44 followers on Twitter. That's you're not welcome. embarrassing whatsoever. Hey, you're more of a you're more <laughs> of a guy that just sits there and and watches what other people are tweeting. So you're not promoting yourself at all. So don't don't even say that that's a bad thing. No worries. <laughs> um,
1: I uh, thank you. I Appreciate that. I went to my first Clippers game, and I actually I still have the stub. It was ironically it was the Clippers versus the Seattle Supersonics. So if we're talking about aging ourselves, um, there you have it. And this is this is in the day when one Mark Jackson, Danny Manning, um, my guy Stanley Roberts, they were they were all Kiki Vanderway. They were they were all on the Clippers at this point. I I was a little kid. I mean, if I told you I really I remember even what the final score was or much of the game, I'd be lying. But I do remember going having a great time i grew up in la and while lakers tickets were fairly expensive you could get clippers tickets at that time for like three dollars and so that's that's what my family and i went to um so i just i grew up loving the team i really 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 got involved like he's much like you during the elton brand sam cassell the Corey mcgetty days in fact elton brand's my favorite clipper of all time hmm um, and i used to i used to listen to the games on the radio, tape them at home with a video with a vhS this is this is how back in the day it was if they won, I'd watch the game if they lost I'd erase the tape and wait for the next one mm. and i've just been uh I've been hardcore ever since I love them and uh, i've 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 taken much grief from 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 friends from from fellow uh angelinos yeah. who, who love the Lakers and more power to them but I've always been a Clips guy.
0: Yeah, it it has not been fun when the Lakers have been winning and people continue to harp on the Clippers. Same old clip, going after the Clippers. It's like, yeah, we've kicked your ass the last like decade. So whenever the Clippers play the Lakers, and the Clippers have owned the Lakers recently, so you can't really talk that much. Yes, you want a title, you want it in a bubble, but I respect you being a fan all the way back to the sports arena days because that place was just an absolute dump. I got lucky and I was on campus at USC right when the Galen Center opened. So I didn't have to go to a game at the sports arena for USC to play in. But I have heard some bad things. I've seen some ugly pictures of what that place looked like. And you could say it was kind of like the Wrigley Field of uh, the NBA there. The Wrigley Field is certainly a dump. Yes, it's a relic. But man, it was it's an absolute dump. So I respect you. Going to games there and being a fan way back there, uh, back in those days, Matt. Yeah, Wrigley is an apt comparison.
1: Um, it, it, it wasn't the greatest. Yeah, we can, we can leave it at that.
0: Yeah, great. All right, cool. So we, we got your back, we got your backstory. And you used to also work, I mentioned earlier in the intro, you used to work, um, in the early days of Hoopball, correct?
1: Yes, yes, doing, uh, doing news blurbs and, uh, with great, great instruction from, uh, from the architect himself, Aaron Bruski and from Dan Besperus,
0: they were very helpful to me back then and continue to be helpful to this day. Fantastic. Well, that'll put a bow on this one. 31 minutes of goodness. Hope everybody enjoyed this one. A chance to introduce Matt, who I got to say, he, he passed with flying colors in his auditions. So you're going to be hearing more of him. On this Ethos Clippers podcast, I was looking for a co-host and I don't think I have to look very far. This is one of those interviews where they tell you you got the job during the actual interview. So congratulations, Matt. Uh, I'm excited to have you on throughout the season. Uh, This is just a way where we can get more podcasts out to you, frankly. There was times during the season where I was only able to get one per week, one per every two weeks, and this is a way where if I can't do it um, and I've got stuff we're on broadcasting, I'm working, then Matt will fire up a podcast and maybe he'll be by himself. Maybe he'll have somebody else on. Um, When I have somebody else on, it may be with Matt, may not be with Matt. We'll kind of go from there and see how it goes. But Matt, I'm excited for this, dude.
1: I'm thrilled. Thank you so much for the the opportunity and I couldn't be more excited.
0: Matt, Matt O'Warren is the man and he is at at Matt O'Warren on Twitter again for the third time, M-A-T-T. M-A-T-A-W-A-R-A-N. I'm at B D Marcus on Twitter. Big thank you to everybody who has listened. Enjoy the game on Monday night against Portland. And we'll have another podcast after that one at some point next week, most likely. Whether it'll be me, whether it'll be Matt, we'll see because I'm going out of town shortly. Hopefully, we'll, I'm able to knock a podcast out before then. Um, but looking forward to seeing Kawhi Leonard on the floor in a Clippers uniform seeing how he looks with PG. And I got to tell you, I'm happy that KTLA is back in the picture because I I truly enjoyed those times, Matt. Oh, yeah. I'm so, so happy to be back on KTLA. Um, feels Feels like we're home. Yep, it does indeed feel like we're home. And I hope you feel like you're home listening to this podcast. For Matt, I'm Brandon. Until next time, go Clips.